and welcome to Breaking the Curtain with me, Chrissy, and me, Joss. Don't forget to silence all phones. Or don't, it's a podcast. And most importantly, enjoy the show. Hello. School is now in session. Is there anything spookier than realizing summer's over and school has already begun? Maybe a wannabe rock star pretending to be an elementary school substitute. That got real. (laughs) On this show history, we're chatting all about School of Rock's field trip to Broadway and beyond. Based on the hit film of the same title, School of Rock follows Dewey Finn, a failed wannabe rock star who has recently been kicked out of his band. Facing a mountain of debts and depression, a phone call in search of his best friend, roommate, and teacher, Ned Schneebly, sets off a light bulb for Dewey. He accepts the job offer on behalf of Ned, posing as a substitute teacher at a prestigious prep school. There, he turns a class of straight-A fifth graders into a guitar-shredding, bass-slapping, mind-blowing rock band with hopes of winning the $10,000 prize money in a local band contest, the Battle of the Bands. While teaching these pint-sized prodigies what it means to truly rock, Dewey falls for the school's beautiful but uptight headmistress, helping her rediscover the wild child within. Joss, did you know there's a real-life Dewey Finn? Kinda. No way! Yeah! Yeah, so in 1996, music teacher and musician Paul Green began giving individual music lessons in his home. He invited a group of students to sit in and observe or have a jam session with his own band. And although it started with some like disappointing results, by the third week, he found that the students who played in a group had advanced far more than the students who received only traditional solo instruction. Green modified his teaching method to add traditional instruction with group practice, with the goal of putting on a concert. In 1999, the more advanced students played their first public concert at an art gallery. In 2002, he took out a loan and established a permanent location for the first Paul Green School of Rock music in a rundown building in Philadelphia. Green chose to name the school after himself to avoid confusion with the Herbie Hancock television program and to use his measure of local fame, but always referred to the program as Rock School. He also established the domain schoolofrock.com back in 2001. Later that year, a crew from Viacom's VH1 filmed for four days at a Philadelphia location for a proposed reality TV series. However, after the shoot, the producers stopped returning Green's phone calls, and the series was never made. In 2003, two filmmakers attended a concert by the students and decided to make a documentary about the school minutes into the gig. They met with Green the following day and began shooting a day later, intending to follow an entire school year. Midway through the nine months of filming Rock School, they learned that the Viacom movie studio Paramount would be releasing a fictional film called School of Rock featuring Jack Black as Dewey Finn, a wannabe rock star teaching kids to play rock music. Critics claim that Black's characterization was based on Green's manchild persona. However, screenwriter Mike White claimed that he had never heard of Paul Green before. Green said, It was like Jack Black was the nationwide commercial for us, and our movie was the industry cred. He considered a lawsuit, but decided against it, reasoning that the school actually benefited from the film, adding, I considered suing, but what are you going to do? It's better in a karmic sense to just reap the rewards. 
The film adaptation of School of Rock earned number one cinemas the weekend of its opening. This made School of Rock the highest-grossing music-themed comedy of all time, only being overtaken in 2015 by Pitch Perfect 2. The film featured original songs, including the film's hit Teacher's Pet. It was a no-brainer this was the perfect material to turn into a stage adaptation. However, this would only come 10 years after the film's theatrical release. In 2013, Andrew Lloyd Webber first revealed that he had purchased the stage rights to the film and planned to make its adaptation into a musical his next project. It was revealed the following year that the show was likely to receive its world premiere on Broadway rather than London's West End due to more relaxed child labor laws in the United States and the fact that the American subject matter fit Broadway better. Later that year, an official announcement was made stating a world premiere was set for Broadway in the autumn of 2015 at the Winter Garden Theatre, making School of Rock the first Andrew Lloyd Webber musical since 1971's Jesus Christ Superstar to premiere on Broadway rather than the West End. An original song by Lloyd Webber, I'm Too Hot For You, actually reused the melody of I've Been In Love Too Long, a track originally written by Lloyd Webber with lyricist Don Black for Marty Webb's album Won't Change Places. Another song, Stick It To The Man, used musical elements taken from Lloyd Webber's fusion album Variations from 1978, others of which were also used in other musical numbers as well as music for an onstage game of Guitar Hero. Auditions began on January 19, 2015, for children's ages 9 through 15, with some recruiting being done through a partnership with Paul Green's School of Rock. After the long search for the perfect cast who could also play live instruments, the final casting was Alex Brightman as Dewey Finn, Sierra Bogus as school principal Rosalie Mullins, Spencer Moses as Ned Schneebly, Mamie Paris as Patty, Evie Dolan as Katie, Carly Jendel as Marcy, Ethan Kusidman as Mason, Dante Malucci as Freddy, Brandon Niederauer as Zach, Luca Padovin as Billy, Jared Parker as Lawrence, and Isabella Russo as Summer. The cast showcased songs from the show in a preview at a concert venue in New York City during the summer of 2015. The show opened later that year on December 6th, following previews that began on November 9th, 2015. It went to play until 2019 before closing. Turning the clocks back a bit to December 7, 2015, following the show's Broadway opening, it was announced by Andrew Lloyd Webber that the show would transfer to London's West End in autumn 2016 with the intention to open at the London Palladium. On May 20, 2016, the musical was announced it would open at the Gillian Lynn Theatre instead of the Palladium, with previews starting on October 24, 2016, with the opening night set for November 14. While the show remained to be set in America, the script has been adapted to include some minor references for a British audience, similar to what we have seen with the West End production of Waitress. The original London cast includes David Finn as Dewey Finn, Florence Andrews as Rosalie Mullins, Oliver Jackson as Ned Schneebly, Priya Kaledis as Patty DeMarco, and Gary Trainer as the alternate Dewey. After a cast change in 2017, the show saw changes including the removal of Children of Rock in Act 1, and was replaced with additional dialogue as well as an extension of the song Here at Horace Green. School of Rock closed on March 1st, 2020 after just over a three-year run. However, the show has set up tours and productions globally, even becoming one of the first to have a rare licensing for a school production before Concord. 
I am so glad we finally did a show history on this musical. <laughs> it's literally one of my top five that I've seen live. I just think it's so brilliant. I mean, we both grew up loving this movie. I, I don't know anyone I mean, who didn't, didn't grow, grow up, up loving this right? movie. Exactly. It's one of the best films ever. And the stage adaptation really does stay true to the story and the energy that you expect from that film being transferred to stage. And I really did enjoy that there was some like elements added, like they added more about the kids' home lives with their parents and how the parents just like don't respect their passions and their want to explore something different than just like their prestigious uh, prep school. They want to explore rock and roll, baby. They want to explore rock and roll. And you know what? Now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, this is a very creepy story. And I don't really know why as a kid it didn't dawn on me how creepy it really is. Like it's actually messed up. The fact that like he's driving the kids around in his van. I know. Oh my God. Right though? Yeah. And then like, I, I, uh, I think it's in the film as well where the kids literally go up to his apartment. Yeah. To get him out of bed? Like, what? That's this like, is, like, not okay. It's a lawsuit waiting to happen, man. Well, yeah, I'm surprised there wasn't, like, anything like that in the film. Well, I guess, you know, to keep it wholesome, but, like, really Well, creepy. I mean, there probably was after the fact. I would hope so. I mean... Or something. Because... Or, you know, it's a movie. It's okay. They can be like, you know what? You taught our kids passion and dedication to rock music, so... It's okay. It's so weird. I mean, if I was Ned Schneebly, I would at least sue Dewey Finn. Yeah, for defamation for, and yeah, identity theft. Identity. Yeah, like what? <laughs> um, but you know, the creepiness aside of the story, the songs are really good. The songs are really great in this. I we've talked about this before, but it's rare that I can find an album cast recording where I just sit through the whole thing and I love all Mm. of the songs I really do love all of the songs in this yeah I haven't seen it and like I don't know why I just like I haven't like had like a drive to see it Mm -hmm. um I think because I love the movie so much I'm just kind of like I don't I don't really know Mm. if I want to go see it um I almost did. I almost went to see it in Toronto when it was here in 2019 because Lulu Lloyd had an understudy date for Rosalie. Right. But I couldn't make it. But like that was the only day I was like, I'm going to go. I really think you would enjoy this one. I would. I know I would. I I love like I don't think I've ever sat through a musical I didn't like. Right. Like I, I know I would enjoy it. And I'd probably cry through it, but like I cry through I the know. show, like I sobbed. I love the movie. I love when he's like telling the girl, like you know, he's giving um Tamika, Tamika. like a pep talk, mm-hmm. and he's like, yeah, like I'm a little chubby, but like that's okay, cause like I'm good, I'm good at singing, or like I'm this, I'm that. Right. And he's like, there's nothing wrong with it, and I just I cry every time, and even the little kid the boy who um does the costumes and stuff right like billy he's obviously very flamboyant and he finds the perfect jack the jack black character doesn't even blink he's like okay buddy go nuts yeah (laughs) you know like he just he recognizes all these kids for like 
who they really are. And right. um, I don't know. I, I cry all the time. I think it's good. He just, he sees it's them so and good. he brings out the best in them. And I don't yeah. remember if they did um, the scene with Tamika in the stage production. I think they had a version of it. It wasn't the same as in the film. I think she had like stage fright in this one. Oh, okay. So like, well, the she meaning... had stage fright in the movie too. Yeah, but it was about um, she felt nervous to go out on stage because of her body. Yeah, it was not the same. I'm pretty okay. sure, and I remember being kind of let down by that because as a kid, that really spoke to me. Yeah, yeah, and like even the kid who like plays the drums, who's like definitely Freddy. Freddy's a nutter. Love oh my him. god. But he was like, you know what? Yeah, you're wild, buddy. You just do what you need to do. Right? Like, he just, he accepted those kids for who they were and just, like, let them. It's so good. I don't know. It's just, it's so good. It's so good. But yeah, I really do think that stage, that is, like, a really good screen-to-stage adaptation. It's at, like, the same level of Waitress for me. Okay. Like, those are two films that I grew up loving. And I think they translate it really well onto stage because sometimes you could get a weird adaptation. Like I've said before, The Bridges of Madison County adaptation from uh, the book and film was like quite different. It missed a lot of those key. Really? I found it. It wasn't as I didn't like it as a movie to music, a movie like adaptation, but I liked Mm. it as a book adaptation. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, like, there was just missing elements for me. Like, I guess there was things that you couldn't do, like when Francesca is holding onto the handle in the car from the film. That was like a moment mm-hmm. that stood out in the film. But, but I liked how they they did their own version of that. We'll talk about, we'll have to do Bridges of Madison County yeah. later. We'll get into that. I have lots to say on that. <laughs> but, but all that I, to say that like School of Rock didn't miss any point. A beat? Yeah, like they kept it pretty similar to the movie. Like everything that you loved in the movie was in the stage adaptation. I like even down to like they had um, the Adam Pascal role. You know, (laughs) that's my favorite part. (laughs) It's Raja. (laughs) That's my favorite part. Was the Adam Pascal role? I don't even think back then this was. 2004 the movie Mm -hmm. 2003 uh i might have known rent back then but i don't think i made the like connection that he was roger back then but my brain i knew he was a good looking dude i knew (laughs) i'm roger (laughs) it's a shame they didn't have a cameo for adam pascal in the broadway production anyways I love School of Rock. If you have the opportunity to see it, go see it. I don't think it's currently on a tour. Um, I know they were on tour like up until 2020, I believe. I don't think it's currently still touring at the moment. Yeah, I know that like a lot of like community theaters and schools and stuff do it though, which is really great. Yeah. Like- I have a friend who just did a production in New York City that I know a lot of other friends went to go see. So it's still it's still making its rounds out there in some way or another but like i said definitely go see it it's it's a really fun night in the theater and i will go see it when i can yes 
the actually, next opportunity. I'll go. I'll, I'll actually go. Before we end this episode, I do want to say something really funny was James Corden was filming this like segment for his TV show and he incorporated the kids from School of Rock and I got to watch them film that when I went to London and I just thought that was so funny to see all the kids walking down the street in their School of Rock uniforms (laughs) and their hair was all like wild for the band scene it was so cute so cute I loved it I love it (laughs) love it If you enjoyed this episode, consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcast and check out our Kickstarter, which is linked in our bio to support the podcast funding. And you can grab yourself an awesome theater reward. We currently have a website now, which is under breakingthecurtain.com. Go check it out. We're still working on fixing it up, but most of our episodes are uploaded on there And you can check our backlogs there. We are coming out with our transcribed. Yeah, transcribed episodes. I have like three or four done that will get up there for you. And um, I will work harder on that. You know, it's hard because we talk a lot. We do. We also have a section for you to send in your spooky story. If you are an usher in a theater and you know about the backstory to your theater where there's a haunting involved. Yeah, I don't even know how to follow that up. But I was going to say about the Kickstarter that to those of you who have donated, we're really super grateful. For those of you who have like shared it with your friends, we're also really super grateful for that. If you're not in a position to donate right now, that's totally a-okay. But even sharing that link around does really help so much. So thank you uh, for being great. Again, we we couldn't be doing this if it weren't for you guys. We could not. It's true. And as always, I'm Chris telling you today to go out there and kick some ass. I'm Jocelyn telling you to be cool, stay in school. Good luck to everyone back to school this last little bit. Students, teachers, parents. Well, congratulations, parents. You made it through summer vacation. Be great. Together we are breaking the curtain. And uh, we got lots of more fun coming your way this fall. So stay tuned. Me too. Bye-bye. Bye.